With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, April 26th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the uh, the Indians salvaged a game on Sunday in a four-game series with the Yankees. Uh, after losing leads in each of the first three games, they finally uh, mounted a comeback against the Yankees on Sunday, uh, right when you thought everything was was going to hell with a three-run deficit. Tristan McKenzie had, had given up a couple of home runs. Uh, the Indians come back on the heels of four consecutive base hits uh, I believe it was the the, the sixth inning. Uh, it was the first time they had had four hits in a in a row since uh, twenty what twenty nineteen, and I uh, you know looked the offense looked good, and then Framo Reyes steps up and hits a three run bomb, and all of a sudden they, they they take the lead and go on to win the game. Yeah, that was the fourth inning, Joe, where they fourth. scored four, and uh, you know the Yankees had just taken a three nothing lead in the top of the fourth. And uh, they finally responded, you know, they, after, you know, taking those, like you said, those, what the first three games, especially the first two games, you know, taking a three, nothing lead in the first inning and then watching it, uh, watching the Yankees just, uh, you know, come back and uh, just pass them in each game. Uh, they finally responded, uh, came back on the Yankees and then, and then took, you know, and then, uh, you know, added on, they added a run in the uh, fifth, two in the, uh, two in the sixth and, you know, they had a seven, three win and who, who, you know, it's, that's, that's how you use, that's how teams usually win games. You, you don't score once you keep adding on. And uh, it was a good, good sign perhaps. Right. That's every game in that series uh, up until that point, the Indians had had a lead, but then just never really sort of, you know, put their foot on the, the, the Yankees throat and just kept it there, you know, never put the hammer down, never added on runs. Uh, in in Sunday's game, they seemed to to respond to something and and just did that. Uh, and really, off the top, it was it was the play of Framel Reyes. He he inspired this sort of this comeback uh, at the plate with his home run, but then also with his hustle. Yeah, you know he he you know he gets a single in the second inning, then steals his first base of his career. I mean, he was like, he looked like flash out there. Mm -hmm. He was like a Kenny Lofton, the, a, a larger version of Kenny. Wow. Lofton. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, uh, comparing Framo Reyes to Kenny Lofton. Go on, go on. And then, then, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, in the fourth, you know, Hernandez and Ramirez 
you know, single hit, hit consecutive singles. Eddie Rosario sends a radar ball through the middle of the Yankee shifts to get, get him on the board. And uh, Reyes, you know, finally found a way to hit one over the six, seven, uh, Aaron judge, you just kind of, you got to hit it like, so it's nine, seven or so nine feet, seven inches. So he can't jump up and get it. Right. How, uh, in, in watching that live, you know, how many of us were, were sitting there going, Oh, judge is going to catch this. It's going to be another one of those, you know, ball a wall scraper or whatever. And, and judge is going to go up and get this, uh, you know, continuing the Indians frustration. And this ball just, just, just barely eluded his glove. And, and when that happened, uh, you, you knew something good was going to happen at least because, uh, you know, the way the Indians bullpen set up, uh, Sam Hentges came in through an, an inning and a third strong Cal Quantrill came in, got a big out, uh, just, you know, a, a total team effort, uh, beyond, uh, Framil, but obviously it started with him. Framil Reyes came into this series against the Yankees without a stolen base in his career and without a triple in his career, he leaves with two triples and, and a steal. He's per, he had never even attempted a stolen base. That's, that's how like out of left field. This was his first even attempt at a stolen base. And he's successful because Gary Sanchez is quite possibly the worst catcher in baseball. And tell me how that's set up, Joe, you wrote about it today. Uh, and he, he had some help from Sandy Alomar, huh? Yeah. And that was the thing he, he said, even that, if you, 314 games and he'd never even attempted a stolen base, but he prepared like he was a base stealer. He talked to Sandy Alomar. He, he's up on, and he knows, Hey, maybe uh, Jameson Tayon might be a little slow to the plate. 1.7, 1.5 to the plate. Uh, Gary Sanchez, not the best defensive catcher. So Sandy Alomar is, is really sort of like the cheat code over there at first base for these base stealers. <laughs> He really is. Sandy Alomar has forgotten more about base stealing than uh, the rest of us will ever know. And, and Fran Miller used that to his advantage. He said in spring training, Sandy told him, go, go. You got this guy a couple of times. And he, he stole a couple of bases in spring training. So I guess we should have seen this coming, right? Yeah, this is, yeah, this, I don't think anyone saw this coming. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, and he, he, he can move for a big guy, you know, well, once you get once you get six foot five, two hundred sixty pounds moving, it, it momentum is going to take over. That's just physics. He uh, he can get it going in, in a hurry. Uh, the only thing, and as fun as it is to watch him run the bases, and when that ball hit off the wall in center field, it was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, we're we're watching. Uh, the only concern and worry I have is, you know, you want Framil Reyes in the lineup every day. You don't want him you know, pulling a hammy or, you know, busting up a knee, sliding into a base, uh, you know, more power to him if he's going to do it, but just make sure you do it and you're healthy and you're safe when you do, because uh, the Indians need his bat in the lineup, especially at home. Yeah. One extra base is not uh, worth, uh, you know, a 10 day uh, trip to the injured list or maybe even longer with a, with a hamstring injury, but, you know, Joe, he starts a six with that, with the triple you were talking about and, and then Jordan Luplo, who's had, you know, just keeps keeps hitting, keeps swinging, mm -hmm. keeps getting at bats against righties and lefties. He doubles them home, and uh, you know, another insurance run. And we had an Austin Hedges RBI base hit. Yeah, uh, well, you know, did they stop the game? Did they stop the game and give no. him the ball? No, but but as soon as the as soon as Hedges hit the ball, the clouds went away and the sun <laughs> beat down on the field, 
People started applauding. I thought they were applauding the the sunshine. They were applauding Hedges getting his first hit yeah. <laughs> or his second hit of the season. But but seriously, Hedges gets the RBI base hit, and it's as if the sun shone down on the Indians. That was how uh, how that that unfolded on Sunday. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, uh, just just to mention one more time, Ray is hitting at home. He is on an unbelievable tear right now. Uh, he has base hits in every single home game for uh, all but one home game for the Indians. I think he was, was held out. Uh, he was held hitless on Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Garrett Cole will kind of do that to you, won't he? Yeah. He took an 0 for three Saturday against Cole, but he was three for three on Sunday. And uh, in the series, uh, he, in his last seven games, I think he's, he's batting over 350 and uh, his home slugging percentage, his home OPS is up over 1,300, which is out of this world right now. Uh, Framo Reyes hitting at home. I, I would I would make appointment to uh, to to see every at bat you can because something good's going to happen. Yeah, definitely, and that is uh, such a welcome, uh, you know, so welcome for the Indians because he's hitting in the middle of the lineup. They've been struggling to score runs, and uh, you know he's on one of those hot streaks, and hopefully he can hold it for a while and. Uh, you know, just help these help the Indians get this get this offense turned around. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Okay, now the, uh, the big story, uh, you know, coming up this week, the, the Twins come to town. I, I guess the Twins sort of limp into town. Uh, they're uh, tied with the Indians uh, in, in as far as uh, number of wins go in, in, in the standings. Uh, not where the Twins expected to be at this point of the season, I, I, I don't think. I think everybody kind of expected them uh, to be contending for the, the, the top of the division. Uh, right now, that's Kansas City and their uh, their offense, which is going crazy. But you know, the Twins come in; uh, they're struggling with some some COVID issues. Uh, they've had injuries, and uh, and you know, guys like Kenta Maeda not necessarily performing 
to the the level that we expected them from last year. Uh, what what's what do we expect this week as the the Twins come in for a three game series to open up the week? Yeah, this is uh, another kind of get well se series uh, for the Indians. Either the Twins get well or the Indians get well. A three game set. Um, the, the Twins got their three horses going, Barrios, Maeda, Maeda and, and J.A. Happ, who's coming off a near no-hitter against the Pirates. Uh, the Indians are countering with Plesek, Savali, and uh, Logan Allen. Uh, you know, Plesek and Allen have struggled. Savali has, you know, been rock, rock steady there. So uh, it's going to – and, uh, you know, they both uh, – uh, they've both been struggling, obviously. Uh, the Twins, I think, have lost uh, 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 eight of their or nine of their last 11. And uh, the Indians, you know, have been up and down. And, and uh, you know, they both have been struggling while Kansas City has been uh, taken off in the AL Central. Uh, you know, they've got a four-game lead over the Indians already. And uh, right. I didn't even see that happening. I mean, you get wrapped up in the Indians so much that – Kansas City has just just has just kept winning, right? And and the Indians will go to Kansas City next week, so there you know there could be some changes there, hopefully, uh, uh, in, in the standings by then. But uh, you know the the struggles for the Twins really did coincide with the the COVID issues and the uh, and the injury to Byron Buxton, who was really carrying their offense uh, early on the first couple of weeks. Uh, Buxton being out really hurt them. Uh, but this is still a dangerous lineup. This is still a group of guys that can can hit the ball out of the park. Um, but now uh, the Indians have one of their own, you know, playing uh, in, in, in at Progressive Field uh, in Eddie Rosario, who every time you bring up the Twins and what happened between Eddie Rosario and the Twins getting uh, getting non-tendered and, and having him come, uh, you know, sign the, the free agent deal over here, uh, I, he, he just sort of blows it off. He, he seems to think, oh, it's not a big deal. You got to think that Eddie Rosario wants this series bad. Yeah, I would think. I would think, you know, he uh, he was a big part of that offense. You know, they, they he came up with them. Uh, they drafted him. They signed him. They developed him. Uh, you know, he was part of those, uh, you know, those uh, two division winning teams, you know, last year and the year before with the Twins. <clears throat> and then he kind of got, you know, when they were cutting, they were counting their, uh, you know, the, the bean counters kind of, you know, wanted a, the, the uh, payroll at a certain number and uh, Eddie was the odd, odd guy out. So, you know, I, I would, it's going to be fun to watch to see how he performs. And I really like the way we, what we've seen out of uh, uh, Rosario, especially with runners in scoring position, Joe. Yeah. He's, he's always been a guy who puts the bat on the ball uh, as much as possible. And, and, and puts balls in play that you don't think uh, he should actually have really hit like a ball be a foot outside the strike zone or, you know, in the other batter's box and, and he'll, he'll get it in play or he'll, you know, move a runner along. We saw that, like you say, you described his RBI hit yesterday. It, it really did have eyes. It found uh, the, the hole up the middle. Um, but really, what do you think of Eddie sitting in the, the number four spot in the order the, the cleanup spot, as opposed to, to Reyes, do you think, you know, Reyes might, or do you think Eddie might benefit by moving back up or down in that, in that spot? Yeah. You know, I was looking at the, I was looking at that and, and um, uh, Terry Francona kind of flip-flops those guys. And I'm not sure if it's, if it's, a, you know, it depends on the pitcher, the matchup. He does it against lefties. 
Yeah, and uh, so it's 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 interesting how they use them. Um, so you know, I, I you know I, I don't think you lose much either way, really. I mean, maybe you, you went by hitting Reyes fifth, you take a little pressure off him. You know, he cuts down his swing. He's not, you know, he doesn't think he's got to hit the ball out of the park every time up. And uh, Rosario is just really, really, uh, he really changes his whole approach when guys are in, in scoring position. He, you know, he's not, uh, he, he, you know, he was talking about it Saturday night after he drove in the Indians only run against Cole and uh, said, uh, you know, the pressure is all on the hitter, on the pitcher in those situations. At least that's how he thinks about it. So he just kind of, you know, takes a deep breath and just tries to give what the pitcher get, you know, hit what the pitcher gives him. So he knows he doesn't have to hit the ball out of the park. I think he's, he's got 12 RBIs, you know, uh, four of them have come on his, on two home runs. The rest, you know, he's hit, he's hit some, some ground balls. He's hit some singles, you know, that's how he gets the runs in. And, and to me, it, it, um, it reminds me of, uh, like the, the one guy reminds me of is Juan Gonzalez and Gonzalez was like a power hitter, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, two-time MVP. Uh, but Gonzalez would take the easy RBI. If there was a guy on third base and they're, they're playing the infield back, he would just hit a ground ball to second base. And that's right. that one year when he had 120 RBIs or maybe it was 140 RBIs for the Indians in 2000, 2001. Uh, that's what he did. And uh, you know, so there's a lesson there. And I think, uh, Rosario, you know, has kind of picked up on that. Yeah, and uh, it's funny to compare Juan Gonzalez, who you know is this hulking, massive yeah. bodybuilder type, to to Eddie, who's who's got you know sort of a, an average size frame and build, but he still generates that power. Uh, we we I would like to start seeing a little bit more pop out of Eddie Rosario, though. That's that's the only thing. I putting the ball in play, driving in runs is great, but uh, let's let's see him drive the ball someplace. And I think once the weather warms up, I think you're really going to see the ball jump off of Eddie Rosario's bat, uh, especially in Cleveland where he, he just enjoys hitting. So. Yeah. And you know, he's a better, he's better than a two. He's hitting two sixteen. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, you're not going to help. <laughs> I think you're, you're not He's not going to be hitting two sixteen. you know, come the all-star break or the end of the season. Right. All right. Well, uh, another guy that uh, the Indians need to get going here is Zach Plesak, who starts tonight. Uh, Plesak against the Twins. Uh, last couple of outings have been uh, really rough. Uh, you know, he, he lost the game in which uh, both times he was matched up, I think, against uh, Carlos Rodon in his last two starts. So uh, things, things haven't gone, you know, exceptionally well in terms of matchups for him. Uh, but you know, Plesak needs to eat nothing physical. There's nothing with his uh, stuff or his mechanics. It's just everything between the ears and executing his pitches. Yeah. His last two starts against the White Sox, he's given up like 12 earned runs, Joe. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, I think he's pitched five and two third innings. You know, that's not the uh, Zach Plesak that we've seen the last two years. So I think he's, you know, he's, <clears throat> he's got, I think he, he said he, the results the last time out when, it, you know, when he faced the, you know, uh, Rodon and the White Sox, he said he felt better than the results on his pitching line. And well, I hope he did. So, <laughs> that's good. That's that's good because the pitching line was not good. So there's, uh, there's a two word phrase that I use to describe the pitching line. And I hope you don't want to feel that way. So anyways. You know, and he's not walking anybody, Joe. He hasn't no. walked anybody in those two starts. It means he's throwing a lot of strikes, I think. And, uh, 
you know, I think it's like you said, it's it's a it's a matter of confidence. It's a matter of, you know, stringing some outs together and uh, just avoiding that big inning that that has hurt him. All right. Well, a guy that avoided a big inning uh, yesterday, Madison Bumgarner, uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks in a in a, a seven <clears throat> inning doubleheader game against the Atlanta Braves, uh, threw a no hitter. But it's not a no hitter because the Elias Sports Bureau is sticking to what Faye Vincent said back in 1991, as the commissioner ruled that a no hitter to be official has to go nine innings. Your pitcher has to go nine innings. Madison Bumgarner pitched seven innings. The rules said set Madison Bumgarner, you know, as they are currently set up because of the COVID protocols and and uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred, they weren't going to give Madison Bumgarner a chance to go nine innings yesterday. He got seven innings, and he was no hit perfect through them. So, uh, what is it a no hitter? Do you think Madison Bumgarner deserves a no hitter to his credit? Yeah, I think it's a no hitter, Joe. I mean. <clears throat> he could only throw seven innings. I mean, unless I guess it went into extra innings, right? I mean, right. or, you know, it was, it was an extra inning game, but you know, seven inning limit, he pitched seven innings, no hits. So it's a no hitter. And I mean, they're not taking away the, the hits, the guys, you know, his teammates got to help him, you know, win that game. The, those are still hits. Those count as hits. So, you know, I think in, in Madison Bumgarner's mind, uh, I think he's, he, th- he knows he threw a no hitter, maybe an asterisk by it, but uh, you know, a no hitter is a no hitter. I mean, if you pitch as well as you can within the limits of the rules, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. And, you know, for Madison Bumgarner, who, you know, had struggled the last couple of years, uh, he's, he, he hasn't been very good. Uh, this came, came as some sort of a surprise uh, to, to hear that, that he had he'd gone out there and, and thrown a no hitter. Uh, or, or not allowed to hit through seven innings, I guess. Can't describe it as a no-hitter. It's just weird. I mean, uh, other levels of baseball, you play seven-inning games, you know, uh, you, do you count those as no-hitters? I, I guess it's only in Major League Baseball that they have the rule that says uh, a nine-inning game must be re- is required for a, a no-hitter. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't even bring myself to argue the other side with you just to play devil's advocate. Because the guy went, he, he he pitched all the innings they let him pitch, and he didn't give up a hit. It's a no-hitter. Yeah, I mean, and what if he did go into extra innings, and it went nine innings, and they it was a no-hitter? Is it a no-hitter then? I don't know. You know, maybe you know, it is a no-hitter then. I, a couple of years ago, uh, Carlos Carrasco pitched uh, a five-inning shutout. You know, it, why is that a shutout, but a no-hitter is not a no-hitter? Carlos Carrasco got, got credit for a, a – he pitched five innings, and the game got called by rain. And it was a shot. He didn't give up a run, complete game shutout. Well, I don't understand the difference between the two rules. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, this, this happened, Faye Vincent changed these rules back in the nineties when he was commissioner and saying, you know, that, that there, there can't be an eight inning, no hitter. You had to uh, pitch at least nine innings. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's where we're at, but in the hall of fame, they keep those, uh, those eight inning, no hitters. They, they keep a record of them. So maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner's uh, seven inning no hitter will, will be recorded somewhere in the Hall of Fame. Hey, you know what? Madison Bumgarner gets to keep the ball from a seven inning game. I'm going to put that ball on my mantle and say, here, here's my no hitter ball. It's not like it, it's it's whatever you believe. So I guess, you know, go for it. I, I don't know. Quincy, you ever pitch a no hitter? You ever? Uh... God, no. I never pitched. <laughs> 
I pitched I pitched a shutout in a playoff softball game once. All right. No lie. A slow pitch softball game. The other team didn't score a run. However, I think it was kind of handicapped because I noticed that a lot of the guys came in from the parking lot and <laughs> their eyes were kind of bloodshot. And there was a, a, a funny uh, kind of smoky smell going on there. So I, I think I had a little bit of an advantage that day because they might have been celebrating in the parking lot a little too much. There was, yeah, no, uh, there was no drug testing in the... In no, there days. was not. And it wouldn't have been a, a performance enhancer anyways. It would have yeah, been... An yeah. But yeah, I, I did pitch a shutout in softball, which is kind of hard when... That's hard to do, you know, yeah. I'm not throwing 90, so... <laughs> All right, Hoynes, uh, we'll be back again uh, later on this week as the uh, Indians and Twins uh, continue their series. And we'll talk to you again here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. All right, Joe.